Welcome, everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by thehockeythinktank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. We're kicking off Minnesota Hockey Week, and we've had a lot of different people that have uh, messaged us and have wanted us to get some Minnesota, Minnesota hockey people onto the podcast. So today we have Jay Hardwick, who is the head coach of Warroad High School. And on Wednesday, we're going to roll out Mike Terwilliger, who is the head coach at Bloomington High School and also is a new programs director for Minnesota Hockey, which is the arm for USA Hockey in Minnesota. But let's get to Jay Hardwick first. He hails from Warroad, Minnesota, and this is an unbelievable town. It's a population of about 1,800 people, but through there they've had five NHL players, they've had seven Olympians, 80 Division I players, and they've won six state titles uh, in the not-too-recent past, in the last 20 years, so just an absolute hockey hotbed, and you guys will find out why on the podcast when we do get Hardo on here. He was actually a teammate of mine in Rio Grande Valley in the Central Hockey League, the last team that I played for. He played at the University of Minnesota Duluth, brought them to a Frozen Four in his senior year, all-around awesome awesome guy uh, but before we do get over to him let's bring on the talent of the podcast jeffrey levechkio vex what's happening today not much man i'm just getting over uh having the black lung pop <laughs> i was uh, down in those mines yeah i was indisposed pretty hard this past week had the worst oh, i'm guessing it was the flu of my life I dropped 15 pounds from Sunday to Thursday night. It was absolute. Oh, it was absolutely insane. I didn't barely ate what I would even call one full meal over those four days. It was just boom. <laughs> and with that, we we should tell the listeners we apologize, um, but the talent of the podcast is not in these two conversations from Minnesota Hockey Week because he was on his deathbed from what it seemed like. Um, so this is just myself and uh, and the two coaches, and we missed you. We missed you, but I think we had some awesome conversations too. Yeah, man, I would have loved to answer or uh, ask a bunch of questions about the Minnesota system and how they do things there at the older ages, because I'm super curious about that. And I obviously know a little bit about it, but not enough to where um, I would like to learn more and just try and keep looking to find what I think needs to be some solutions for St. Louis hockey here. Yeah, the high school hockey. I mean, it's it's crazy. Everybody we bring on here kind of talks about the community model and how we've lost the community model. And, um, I think there's certainly way more merits to the community model than the go, go, go make things professional at too young of an age. I think there is a little bit of a balance to be struck there. And we talk about that, not so much in this one with Jay, but, uh, with, with twig, uh, in the one that will come out on Wednesday being a USA hockey arm of, uh, or being sorry, the Minnesota arm of USA Hockey. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. There's there's no right answer if you make a decision, and that's something that I had to do as a hockey director here in New York was was make that decision based upon what's going to happen with the high school hockey up here. So we will get into that at some point for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting conversation. We've talked about it a little bit before. Yeah, very cool, very cool. They have, those numbers you were spouting off there about how many players have gone through there my god like You'll, it's like it's more yeah. than like most states i know it's incredible like the man. entire state like, <laughs> it's, 
Hey, they do it right. They do it right. And you'll figure out why on the podcast. So for everybody listening, I won't spoil it. But um, I, I said maybe three or four times probably within the podcast that I'm going to move my family up the world <laughs> at some point in the near future. Um, but guys like Brock Nelson, who's playing the NHL right now, TJ Oshie hails from Warroad, uh, and then Gigi Marvin, who's one of the top women's players in, uh, in recent past as well. Um, so it was very, very cool stories from Hardo. He's an awesome guy. He was a great teammate. We have some fun stories that we share on the podcast podcast as well and uh just we we're very very pumped to have him on yeah i'm really sad i missed it but uh, i'm excited to start listening now with everybody else here <laughs> well i feel like the both of us are kind of on our michael jordan sick game right now this is like the fourth quarter of this we're actually recording this at 11:35 eastern on sunday night i gotta slice it and dice it a little bit and i might have caught what you had uh that that last week so plus i was in chicago for uh four days in one house with five kids under four years old and just got back home from uh from bringing uh, my two, which are two and a half and, and five months old home from the airport. It was a travel day today. So we are grinding her out here, man. This is like third, fourth line, <laughs> three, four minutes left in the Stanley Cup winning game. We got to get this out here Monday morning. But uh, we love you guys and, and we don't want to let you down and we'll get it out there for sure. And uh, we appreciate you all listening for sure. Yeah, thank you. So uh, with that, want to thank obviously our title sponsor gelsticks g-e-l-s-t-x.com if you do want a training weighted stick go ahead over there and use the promo code think tank one word and get a discount on that stick and most of all we want to thank you listeners we're going to make this short because i'm dying right now and i know you are too uh, but there, there's just that we have to end every episode thanking you guys because this is uh this has been so much fun to do we say it every podcast and, and we really think there's a lot of great information in the two uh, people that we bring on here this week in this Minnesota Hockey Week. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And without further ado, let's head it on over to the head coach of Warroad High School Hockey in Warroad, Minnesota, Jay Hardwick. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast one of my former teammates. And if you can believe it, our team name was called the Rio Grande Valley Killer Bees, Jay Hardwick. Hardo, how are we doing today, man? Very good. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Well, you grew up in a special town and, and live and coach high school in a pretty special town up in Minnesota and definitely want to get into that. But before we do, um, just wanted to take it back and, and just talk a little bit about how you grew up there and, and how you got involved and how you fell in love with the game. So um, if you can, just uh, for a little bit, introduce yourself to our, our listeners and, and talk about how you fell in love with the great game of hockey up in Warroad. Sure. Um, I actually, a lot of people might not know this. I grew, I, my mom was from Warroad and, um, when, uh, her and my dad got married, they moved back and they actually lived in Roseau, which is our, our tribal. Oh uh, yeah. That's, miles. that's tough. <laughs> so I actually, I, I, until I was six, seven years old, I lived in Roseau. So, uh, so I, I actually started skating, um, playing hockey over there. And then, uh, we, uh, when my grandparents, uh, retired and moved to Arizona, we actually bought their house and moved, uh, moved over to Warroad. So, uh, but, uh, you know, when I just getting started, my, my mom's side of the family, my dad never played hockey. Um, he was a basketball player and a, a golfer and, uh, my mom's side of the family, uh, my grandpa 
was the coach here in Warroad. Uh, he played for uh, he played for the Gophers way back in the day, uh, like in the forties. Uh, was the captain of University of Minnesota. So, and then her, she had four brothers that all played um, college hockey. Uh, they played at one played at West Point, one played at Brown, uh, one at Michigan Tech, wow. and one at uh, Gustavus. Yeah in the, the Mayak. So, yeah, so that side of my family was, a uh, definitely the hockey, um, influence on, on me. Uh, you know, my uncles got me started. My uncle Tom, uh, who played at Brown got me started, uh, skating, you know, when I was real little and had me up at the rink. And then, uh, you know, it's just kind of went from there. Um, is that pretty typical of like kind of where you grew up it's just a family affair and everybody's kind of done it and you know you're on the ice with uncles and cousins and it's just like a big kind of family thing is that the kind of culture that permeates through the part of minnesota where you're from a big part of it i mean there's a lot of you know second third fourth generation you know hockey players where grandpa played and dads and uncles played and and then it just kind of it's the thing that you do uh, you know it's a family affair uh, but you know now you know since I've been back you know there's still you know, there you know there are a lot of uh, those families but there's a lot of new families too a lot of you know first generation hockey players where you know maybe the parents or grandparents didn't play but now they they're from world and they've seen you know the the great things that our hockey program has has done and then they want to get their kids involved so it's it's a little mixture of both but you definitely have the the ones that uh you know have been around for a long time and it's you know that you're playing hockey because everyone else plays hockey so that's awesome, man. So what was it like growing up in world and playing? Obviously you're coaching now, um, but growing up playing through the youth and then getting into the high school where it becomes something that's, I don't want to call it, it definitely is serious, but it had to have been a ton of fun too. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was. And it, it was, I, I grew up, uh, we only lived about two blocks from the rink. So it was, you know, where I could walk from, you know, my house to the rink and skate whenever I wanted. And, and worlds, you know, we're not very big. It's only about 1800 people. So it's, you know, one of those towns where, you know, you tell your mom, Hey, I'm going to the rink. And she says, all right, see you later. And, you know, if you come back for dinner, it'll be ready. Otherwise, you know, (laughs) one of those things where you take off and, and your parents don't really worry about you because they know, you're you're probably at the arena in the winter and then in the summer you're out riding your bike with your buddies and you know you're you're at the golf course or whatever it is so um it's a great environment it's a great place to raise a family because of, of stuff like that it's it's kind of one big family where you can drop your kids off at the rink and and let them run loose for you know 12 hours at a time and that's what I did when I was a kid I would just I'd go to the rink and I'd just skate and I'd be there with all my buddies and we would, you know, and, and we're the type of place too. And still to this day where, you know, say I was a squirt and the peewees were practicing and they'd say, Hey, come on, you know, and you'd go and you'd skate with the peewees. And if you were in peewees, you'd skate with the Bantams or, I mean, you could, you could practice and do open hockey for six, eight hours a day if you, if you wanted to. And, and that's what a lot of kids in Moro did. And that's why we've had, you know, the success that we've had and produced the, the hockey players that, uh, that we have over the years. So uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It was a great place. And then we built the new rink on the other side of the town. So I, I couldn't walk to, uh, 
the new rink anymore. But by then, I I think I had my driver's license or I was close to it. So then now we've got two rinks right next door to each other, and it was just more of the same. That's when I got into high school, and um, you know, it was I had Carrie Carrie Eads, who was a former um, you know Fargo coach, and uh, he coached at UND. You know, he coached all over the place and was very successful. And I was I was fortunate to have him as my high school coach. No so, way. He was coaching world at the time. He was. Yeah. He wow. went from, uh, he, he went from winning a USHL championship and the next year he came to world and he, he coached world here for 10 years before he went to North Dakota. So, I mean, we had a, a high level, um, hockey coach coaching us for high school. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I know it as my high school experience. So, I mean, we, we were doing things that probably, a lot of high schools weren't just because we had a, you know, a division one coach uh, behind the bench for us. So it was, it was very good for us. So I, once I did move on to the, you know, higher levels, it was just another day for me. Whereas, you know, I think some kids struggle with, uh, you know, the, the systems and the, the high level play and the, the expectations, but I guess I, I, I was used to that because that's what Coach Ease uh, expected. Of <laughs> he's he's a rather intense fellow, that's for sure. So that's yeah. that's yeah. good. That's good that you got that. But that makes a lot of sense in being ready to to play at the next level. Um, well, one thing yeah. that you talked about, and I know that you guys still have this in World, and it's uh, it's almost like a, a guideline and a principle that you guys still have today, and that's that free ice time where basically yeah. anybody can go out there, and you guys actually have it. I don't know if it's written in the rules at the rinks, but certain times during the day where basically Basically, anybody can go out at any t- any time um, and just do whatever and play or work on your skills or set up a scrimmage. Um, it, do, you, do you attribute a lot of that to the passion of hockey, just the fact that the kids get to go out there basically whenever they want and um, and just play for fun? Yeah, it's you know it's a rink rat mentality where you you go out and you did, you know there's no coaches you're just out there with with whoever your friends or it might be, you know, and especially, you know, in the winter, it gets busy where you have all the teams practicing, but I see it a lot in the, in the spring and the, the fall when there's more. And like you said, they have, if there isn't something scheduled, it's just open hockey and anybody can go out there and I'll go to the rink in the fall and you'll have kids that are mites all the way through high school age kids. And they're all on the ice at the same time. And, they just, they figure it out. You know, they might have a, a bigger kids game at one end and a medium sized kids game at the the other end. And then, you know, there's some kids in the middle of the ice that are, you know, just kind of shooting around or playing cross ice with each other. And so, I mean, you could have, you might have 30 or 40 kids out there from the ages of five to 17. And they're all just out there playing hockey and having fun. That's so cool, man. I like want to move to Borrowed right now. I <laughs> just like grow up all over again. Um, I, I think that's really cool though. So one of the things that I've always been a really big advocate of, and I don't know, part of it probably comes from my childhood where my dad was a youth coach and he would always let me out on the ice with some of the older players in his practices and stuff. But how much value do you think there is for younger kids to be able to be on the ice with the older kids to see what they're doing, but also from like a mentorship standpoint, some of the older kids being able to be on the ice with the younger kids is do you think that that is something that's really big to the fabric of, yeah, of hockey up there too it is it's huge i mean uh, you know the i and i always tell you know my high school players that 
you know, the, you don't, you might not think it, but the, the younger kids are always looking up to you and you're a, you're a good role model for them and, and they're going to do what you do. So you got to make sure to do the right things. And, and we have that here where, you know, the, the older kids can kind of show the younger kids the way, and then the younger kids can learn, you know, just by watching sometimes of, you know, geez, uh, you got a guy that, you know, does this move or he skates really well. And, you know, I want to try to be like that. And, you know, so I think they, they just learn from each other. And, and that's the great thing about world is you can skate with those older kids and, and learn from them just because the ice time is free and, you know, nobody's getting kicked off of, you know, somebody else's ice time because it's, well, Hey, we paid for this. You can't be out here. And, um, you know, I know that happens in a lot of places, everywhere else because ice time is at such a premium and you know people are showing out uh big bucks for it so but in world it's you know there's no arguing over ice time because nobody's paying for it that's unreal so how does that get subsidized is that something that the town pays for um we do uh our youth hockey um we do a raffle like a fundraiser raffle we actually the drawing is tonight at our high school game oh, where, there you uh, go all the kids uh, sell tickets throughout the year um, for this raffle. And so we raise money that way. And then we have a golf tournament um, that we just started again a few years ago um, that raises money in the summer. And so we get some money off of that. And then there's been, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate with, uh, you know, people in our community that have been, um, you know, successful and, and, you know, made money and, and given back where they've, you know, set up foundations and, and things like that, that uh, there's money there that if we need it, it's available. So I, I think it's just a, a matter of people volunteering um, throughout the season too. We, you know, run in the concession stand and, you know, taking tickets and all sorts of things like that. We, all the parents volunteer and do that stuff. And, and it's just so the, we try to keep the cost down and then the, the costs that we do have to pay for are, are subsidized from a couple different sources and it's just we've always we've always made it work and i think i don't think it's ever going to change that's unreal man that's so cool and i feel like just that that whole volunteering we're all in it together type mentality is something that's very rare <laughs> in, in terms of yeah. like the rest yeah. of the country and i know you know you talk to coaches and they'll tell you that parents are just looking for number one and they're only they don't see things in a bigger picture they just kind of see things as what's this going to do for my kid and parents have the right. same you know they have the same issue when it comes to the coaches do you do you guys deal with that kind of thing up there and if you do how does that get rectified is it just a, a culture that sorts itself out or is there kind of organizational philosophy or structure so if people are if they have issues or they have issues with certain coaches or players, they, they, you know, they get taken care of. Yeah. And you know, we try to, we try to develop that culture so we don't have that many issues, but you're always going to have, you know, issues of some sort. Um, but we, you know, a lot, some of it falls on me cause I'm also the hockey director here in world. So I, if, if somebody does kind of get out of line or if there are some things that need to be taken care of, I, I usually end up dealing with a lot of that. Um, we have a, a youth hockey board um, that oversees our whole youth, youth hockey association. So we kind of, you know, we deal with those things, um, you know, knock on wood, it, it's been good this year. There hasn't been too much, uh, uh, too many issues. Uh, 
but it, it, it isn't too bad. Uh, it's, especially here just because I think people understand it's small enough or, you know, we're a small enough community where, you know, everyone kind of knows everyone. And, you know, if somebody gets out of line, they're going to, you know, their people are going to let them know and just say, Hey, you know, that's not the way we do things around here. And, um, and I work with, I, I, I work with all of our youth coaches or, you know, I, I'm in the, involved in the process of selecting them and um, making sure that they don't do the things to, you know, create those issues, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, and, and, but sometimes a coach can do everything right. And there's still going to be parents that are upset and, uh, you know, and it, it usually boils down to, you know, my kid's not playing enough or, you know, my kid's on the wrong line or whatever it is. And, um, but we, we handle it accordingly. And, uh, like I said, it's been good where it hasn't been too bad for, for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So let me ask you this, because I just took over as a hockey director of an organization not too long ago, and I'm currently in the process of just information gathering as much as I can and trying to learn about the organization so I can do as best of a job as I can. I feel like a lot of those kinds of issues could be squashed if you're proactive about it and you're doing a lot of like parent and coach education on the front end instead of just like waiting for issues to come and then having to deal with them then. Um, do you guys do much in terms of like coach and parent education within your program? And if you do, um, what, what kind of things do you do? Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, obviously all of our coaches go through um, all of the, you know, USA hockey training and, and everything there. And actually uh, this year I just took over where I, I'm the one teaching the classes for kind of our, oh, nice. our whole, yeah, the, in the Northwestern part of Minnesota here. So, um, you know, we, we obviously work with our coaches that way. And then the big thing that I have, I think the, the best thing to do is we always make sure with all of our teams, they have a, you know, a, a parent meeting at the beginning of the season before um, the, we even get going with the coaches and the parents. And, um, you know, usually I try to be in there or we'll have a board member there. And um, I think in, uh, most of our coaches know now that, you know, that that meeting is so important because they can, like you said, be proactive and, and stop a lot of those issues before they ever get started where, you know, they, they put forth their expectations and, and they have a game plan for the season and, and they let the parents know, you know, this is the way we're going to do things. Um, this is the way I'm going to coach. Um, this is the way that we handle, you know, any grievances. And if it's all laid out, you know, right before or before the season even starts, there shouldn't be any, you know, questions or issues. And, and, and we've had a few times where, um, you know, well, a parent will be mad about something and, We'll say, well, were you at the parent meeting? <laughs> well, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make it to the parent meeting. And then we'll say, well, exactly. So <laughs> you, you don't have to. You don't have a leg to stand on here because uh, we talked about all this at the parent meeting. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, yeah. I, I, one of the questions I really wanted to ask you because I mean numbers are staggering in terms of the the amount of players that you guys have moved on and wore out. I mean, five NHL players, I was doing the research, seven Olympians, over 80 Division One players, six state titles in the last 20 years. I mean, that's that's pretty legit. Have you guys had people, maybe you have people there right now, but you, have you guys had people that have tried to move into the community from other parts of either Minnesota or other parts of the country just to, to try and get you know, be a part of Warroad so they can help their kid get to the next level. 
We have, yeah, definitely over, you know, the years, ever since when I was, when I was growing up here and playing and, and it still happens today where, you know, people will be like, well, geez, I can move the world and my kids can skate for free and, you know, they can be a part of this. And, and it does happen, um, you know, from time to time. And, and it's usually, you know, they're very happy because I know we had, uh, there was a family that had moved here from South Dakota, I believe. And they came and, uh, with, a I think it was a job change or something. And, and, um, they said that their son skated more in the first two weeks that they were here than he had the previous two months wow. in South Dakota, you know, and, and there's always stories like that where, you know, people come here and if they want the ice time, they can get it. And, you know, they'll skate more in a month and more out than they do a whole season, you know, wherever they live before. And I think, you know, I think that's the biggest draw that people see is the, the opportunity for them. If, if they, if they want it, you know, they want to come here and, you know, become a good hockey player and skate and, and have a chance to, to do those things that so many of us have done. Um, you know, I don't know if there's a better place than Warroad to do those things. Yeah, I kind of want to move there right now too. <laughs> we have like we have like thousands of listeners on the podcast too that they're all probably like checking like, yeah, I work from home and uh, I, I bet you I could probably swing that. So <laughs> that, well, once they see on the map where we're located, they'll probably they might think twice. <laughs> yeah, it's, like yeah. I, I, always, I tell people when I'm, you know, say I'm in the Twin Cities or, or wherever with hockey stuff, and they're you know, they're complaining about their half hour or hour drive home. And I look at them and I say, I got, I got six plus and they like, what, you know? And, yeah. and I'll say, yeah, I said, world, world isn't close to anywhere. We're in, we're in God's country up here, but, uh, you know, it's, it's nice. They, I like knowing that, uh, I can hop in my truck and it takes me three minutes to get to the arena and five minutes to get to work. And I'm not, I'm never stuck in uh rush hour traffic or anything like that. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. The, the town I live in right now, we literally have three stoplights in our town and I'm, I moved here from Chicago. That's where I grew up. So it's a little different, but it's nice to have that peace and tranquility. That's for sure. It, it is. <laughs> uh, well, cool. I want to get, I want to get back to some of that stuff that we were talking about a little bit later in you um, coming as a coach. Um, but I, I want to get back to your story a little bit because uh, coming out of War Road, you actually went to University of Minnesota Duluth, uh, which is yep. quite the powerhouse right now, having won the nas- last two national championships. And uh, I think just from looking at the Hockey DB, it sounds like you and Coach Sandlin, uh, both of your years at UMD were the same years. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. He, uh, his first year coaching UMD was my freshman year. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, So I wanted to ask you about that because, um, you know, he took that program and you guys took that program to, I think you had seven wins in your, in your freshman year and went to the frozen four in your senior year. So wanted to ask you about your experience, uh, at UMD and, and how you guys were able to turn that around and, uh, make that transition so quickly. That, that must've been unreal. It was, and uh, you know, I'm I'm forever grateful to, to Coach Sandlin and uh, you know his staff there for for giving me that opportunity. Um, you know, I, I played in the USHL out of high school. I played for Fargo my first year, and then Lincoln my second year. And at, after juniors, I was kind of, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of solid offers. I was talking to you know five or six schools that 
you know, where we were back and forth and, um, and then I talked to coach Sandlin and, and he said, you know, if you come here, you're going to get an opportunity. He said, everybody has a, a clean slate. He said, I'm starting new and, uh, you know, everybody gets a fresh start. And it was, it was kind of amazing the way it all happened. Uh, we had, we had basically had an open tryout. Um, there was about 40 guys that tried out over a course of three days. And then after the three days, they posted a, you know, roster of, I think about 28 guys and that was the team. And I was fortunate enough to to be in that, uh, you know, 28 guy roster. And then uh, from there we just uh, got to work. And like you said, it was our, our first, you know, my freshman year was, you know, we were still kind of, everyone was kind of finding their way. And, um, you know, there was guys that, that got cut or guys that, you know, had been on scholarship that, didn't have a scholarship anymore and it was kind of um you know wide open and but it was great because he he didn't lie he said everybody's going to get an opportunity and I want guys that are going to work hard and and buy in and and do the right things and I think that was big for that program at that time because I think it had been kind of you know status quo and there hadn't been a lot of change and um he he came in and and changed it and uh you know, by my senior year, like you said, we were we were going to the Frozen Four, and I mean that's a a huge turnaround in just a matter of uh, four years there. That's unreal, man. And I have to say, I have a story that you'd probably appreciate. So I went up to Buffalo this year. It's only a couple hours from where I live to to watch the semis of the Frozen Four, and uh, so I was sitting right actually behind the benches. And I believe it was Providence that they played in uh, in their Frozen Four game, the first one anyway. And I yeah. just remember there were a couple different uh, calls that went against UMD in terms of uh, video replay that were iffy okay. calls and, and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember thinking most coaches in this capacity would lose their freaking minds. <laughs> and he was like cool as a cucumber as, uh, as the ref was coming over to explain it. And it was almost kind of like, well, okay, let's just, even though the calls went against them, it was like, all right, no big deal. Let's, let's get her going. Did, did he have that kind of demeanor? I have to imagine he has a little bit of an edge to him too, though. He does. I mean, he, you know, he's very intense and he wants to win. And I mean, if you aren't, giving it an effort or, or doing the right things. I mean, he's going to let you know, um, he's a fiery individual, but, but at the same time, you know, it's like you said, he's calm and he, you know, he doesn't, you know, get too, uh, you know, high, too low. He's kind of, he wants to maintain that for the, for the team. And, and I think that's good. And I've learned as a coach, that's very good, you know, as a coach for your players, because if you have a coach that's, you know, losing his mind, the the players kind of feed off of that and then they start losing their mind. And, uh, you know, I think Sandy's a very calming influence for, for everybody there. And, but yeah, like you, like I said, he, he is a fiery individual. And there <laughs> is an edge that he wants to win, um, just as bad as, as you and I do. So, uh, it is, he's, I'm very happy for him. I was fortunate, uh, this summer he was up in world. He came and he's played in the golf tournament here and, you know, I got to talk to him and, uh, you know, just the things that they've done, you know, even since I've been there, it's just, uh, it's, it's been fun to watch, uh, you know, the success that they've had. And, uh, you know, we talked about that, uh, you know, I just, I was glad that I could kind of be there at the start of it and, you know, the way that things kind of went. And, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in, in knowing that, uh, 
you know, even though we didn't win my senior year, it was a, a big step in the, the right direction to, to get to where they are today as a, you know, a national powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, and they certainly are, and they're continuing that <laughs> here this year yeah. too. They might be the first team in three beat, maybe ever. I don't yeah. know what the actual stats are, but they're certainly well on their way. Um, so if there was like maybe like one or two things for the, because we have a lot of coaches that listen to this, if there are maybe one or two things that you think he did from a special capacity, something that made him a special coach. What uh, what do you think that would they would be? I think, you know, he, he's very, he, you know, when you talk about um, players, coaches, and, you know, I know sometimes as a, as a head coach, it's, it's tough to kind of be that guy because you have to be the, you know, kind of the hammer. And, and usually it's the, the assistant coaches that are, you know, kind of the, you know, the head coach comes in and drops the hammer and then the assistant coaches kind of clean everything up. And, but with, with Sandy, he's, with him, it's a, he's a little bit of both. I mean, like I said, he has high expectations and he expects a lot of you, but he's the type of guy where, you know, if, if you want to ask questions or if you want to sit there and talk to him about something, he's, he's the guy that you can do that with. So I think it's, he has a very good relationship with his players and, uh, you know, he makes, he's the type of coach where, where guys want to play hard for him. And, and I think he's, has a very good eye of, of, taking the right players, you know, it might not be the, you know, sometimes we're okay, this guy's really good and I'm going to take him. And, but he's a very good judge of, of character. And, you know, he, he picks the right kids to fit in, to play the way that he wants to play and that are going to be good teammates and they're going to be good character guys. And um, I think he's done a great job of that over the years um, of picking those type of guys to, to make the best, best team that he wants. Yeah. So, so can you expand on that? Because that's something that as a former college coach and something that I'm really interested in terms of like building culture and stuff like that, how do you think he or any other coach could be a good judge of character like that? Because it's such a, like you have to have both, right? You have to have the talent, but you have to have the right people too. So what are some things like even from your experience or maybe even learning from Sandy and how you can flesh that out so you know, because in the recruiting process, you you, you try to get to know people as much as you can, but there's certainly only so much you can know in that amount of time. Um, how do you think you can be a judge of character like that so you know you're bringing in the right people? You know, I, I think you got to rely on, um, you know, your connections and the people that, you know, um, you know, the hockey, I, I always tell, you know, my players and I, I tell people that the hockey world is so small, um, you know, compared to, to everything else. I mean, it, from, from the high school level, the juniors, the college to pro, I mean, it, in the grand scheme of thing, uh, everybody knows everybody. Um, and if, and if a kid is, you know, good, good one way or bad one way, eventually everybody's going to know about it. And, and I get calls all the time from people, you know, asking about, you know, maybe not even necessarily my players, but, you know, other players in the area or in the state where, you know, what do you know about this kid? Or, you know, we're taking a look at this kid and, you know, what have you heard on him? Or, or do you know this coach or, you know, what's he going to say about him? And I think relying on your connections and relying on, you know, other people in the hockey community is huge. Um, and, and people that you trust too. I mean, you, you want to be able to call people that you can trust and, and know that they're going to give you an honest answer. Um, so I think he, you know, obviously has, has been around long enough where, 
he's very well connected and he knows the right people to, to talk to. And, and then the other thing is too, you know, when, when you sit down and talk to a kid or talk to their parents, a lot of times it's a, it's a gut instinct. And I'm sure, sure. you know that with, oh, yeah. you know, with the recruiting process, uh, you know, you might talk to a kid and within five minutes, you've either got a good feeling or a bad feeling about him. So I think a lot of it is just instinct too. That's so funny. I'm like thinking back to the coach's room of some of the kids and families that I've had in there when I was at Cornell. And you're so right. There's some of them you're like, man, we got to have this kid as a part of that program. Charlie McAvoy was one of those kids. Um, You know, he's he's gone on to do unbelievable things. But I just remember we had him in on a visit when he was younger. And him and his dad were so impressive as human beings that we didn't even have plans of offering him um, when he was there uh, because he was he was a little bit younger and we didn't do a ton of young recruiting. But then, you know, yeah. through the visit, Shafe and I kind of looked at each other and he looked at me. He's like, are we going to take this kid? And I was like, yeah, we need him. <laughs> and it just kind of goes yeah. to show you how much that character means something. But you're so right, too, when it comes to the relying on your connections. And that's one thing as a former college coach that I always try to tell people, especially some of the youth coaches that, uh, that are advocating for the these kids is you have to be honest. You have to be honest with the junior coaches and the college coaches, because if you aren't and you sell a kid that doesn't necessarily have the right character, or you're selling a a bad bill of goods, then that is going to affect the next three or four people that might have that character because I know that I was lied to as a, as a college coach. So that, that honesty from both ways, I, I think is, is so important. And, and the more that you, as a, as a youth coach, sell something that you don't really believe in, or if you're trying to sell everybody that you have for the betterment of the reputation of your program, in the long run, that actually hurts because then you're going to lose the trust of the people who are actually making the decisions. And then, uh, and, and then they're not going to really hold your, your value and your opinion in high regard when it comes to kids that actually do deserve to get to the next level too. Exactly. And that's, I, and I, I tell people, you know, that ask me and that I talk to, um, you know, cause I've been fortunate enough where I've had, you know, some of my own players, um, you know, go on to, to college and, uh, yeah, I've I've got one at one at uh, UMB right now, so that it's great to see him there. I've got another player at St. Cloud right now, and um, and then I've been fortunate where, you know, we've had kids that um, you know have been looked at for the NHL draft, and um, we they haven't been drafted yet. But uh, you know, whenever I talk to college coaches or or NHL guys, it, the funny thing is, and I always tell parents this is that. They never, we never really talk hockey. It's not, you know, what kind of, you know, can this kid shoot the puck? Can he, how's his skating? How's his stick handling? You know what? They're, they're high level coaches and they're NHL scouts. They can watch a kid for 10 minutes and they can tell, you know, if he has the skating skills or the puck skills to make it to the next level. But the questions they always ask are, you know, what are his practice habits? How does he treat his teammates? Um, what, what's his character like? Um, what kind of student is he? You know, it's all the, the things that are completely, you know, away from the hockey rink that, but still have so much to do with what kind of person and what kind of, you know, character they have that they want to pick the right person. And, you know, that I, I don't think, uh, you know, people understand that, that it's, uh, it's a total package. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And and transitioning to that, I wanted to talk to you because you're one of the best dudes that I've gotten the, the chance to play with. And I wanted to ask you about your experience and when we played together, because when we were down in Rio Grande Valley, just to give the listeners a little bit of a view. So well, how old are you not right now? You're probably like four or five years older just, than I am. I just turned, just turned 40 this just year. Just turned, oh, yeah. hey oh. Big four, four zero. <laughs> so, so the, our team that year, we had so much fun. I actually got traded there halfway through the year, and it was basically we probably had seventy five percent rookies. So it was a ton yeah. of like young and hungry and eager guys, and we all lived in the same apartment complex condominium. And here you and Sarah are with three kids at the time, <laughs> three small yeah. kids surrounded by all these idiots running around all the time, uh, just having a good time and playing hockey. What was was that like for you guys as kind of like the old elder statesmen, the only people with kids to, to be around all that, let's call it youthful energy. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I loved it. Um, you know, at times Sarah probably didn't love it because <laughs> I, I wanted, uh, I wanted to be one of those young guys at times and <laughs> hang out with the boys and whatever. But I, I, I did have some, uh, responsibilities, responsibilities at home that I had to take care of. But, uh, you know, it was great for me just to, to be in an environment like that where it, it kind of it kept me young, um, you know, and I wasn't that old. But, uh, you know, I had obviously had, had started my family and and, uh, you know, that's a big part. Uh, you know, I look at people now where they're just starting their families and I'm like, oh, I did that. It seems like <laughs> a lifetime ago. But I think it was great for, for our family to be in a environment like that and uh, i know the kids loved it and you know sometimes i'll ask them well you remember this remember that remember when Topher babysat for you guys <laughs> you know they they were young they were so young that they probably don't remember a lot of that but i mean i you know sarah and i do and it was it was a lot of fun all the years that we played uh i was uh you know we were the people with uh with kids and uh like you said kind of the uh the old people on the team but it was uh it was a lot of fun for us yeah it was a lot of fun for us too yeah it's funny remember you guys want a date night you guys want to go on a date night we can help out and you guys were probably like oh gosh (laughs) i just hope my kids are there when we get home (laughs) yeah no it's it's great it was great for for all of us yeah, that's uh, that's funny. And how did you like when you talk about your kids? Do they have uh, like a ton of memories? Because they were pretty young at the time. Um, but do they have some pretty good memories of when you were playing at the pro level as well? Yeah, I mean they, you know, they were like you said, they were young. I think Abby was the only. She was in like first grade, kindergarten, and first grade were my the last two years that I played, and then uh, so you know, and then the rest were all real young so they I mean they remember it a little bit and you know every once in a while they'll see pictures and stuff and they'll be like oh yeah I, I remember that and but it was I it was good it would have I think it would have been fun like I see people now where you know guys where they're playing in the NHL and they you know they've got their kids coming to the games and stuff and I, I always think geez that's got to be a a great experience for for them and their families like I, I see when Oshie went to the the all-star game and he had his whole family there and his daughters are there and they're watching and you know that's something that you know it's going to be with them for the rest of their lives and um i think it you know it's something that that i'll always remember i thought it was great that my kids got to see me play you know a little bit of hockey and you know now they they watch me coach and you know i'll i'll have a bad day or whatever and i'll come home and you know all of a sudden it's it's not about me anymore it's about them so it's i think it's a good uh 
it's a good distraction when you're involved with hockey. It kind of brings you back to uh, reality that uh, you understand that uh, sometimes hockey isn't the most important thing. It's uh, your family. Totally, totally. I, I often, now that I have kids, and mine are real, real young, but I often wonder about how cool it would be if they were able to see me play at, at some point. And uh, we do a charity game up here at Cornell uh, that my little two-year-old came to, and it, it's just so funny because it's just so, like... They just the things that they notice are hilarious. Like I had a, a GoPro on the top of my helmet, and so oh, my yeah. little daughter thought that like she could care less about what happened in the game, but she's obsessed with Daddy's camera helmet now. <laughs> and so it's okay. just it's just that youthful that youthful energy and bliss is uh, is good. But how is that now? Because you're a hockey parent now. You know your kids are older. How Abby and Will they got to be in high school or, or close to it. She's a- He's a junior this year. Oh yeah. my goodness! Oh, whoa, geez, wow. So, what is yeah. uh, what has that been like as uh, being a hockey parent now and, and guiding your kids through that process? It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, I and for me, it, it's different because I, I think being a coach and being a former player, um, I see it through a little bit different lens than a lot of people do. Um, you know, and sometimes you know, I'll hear people talk and I'll just kind of shake my head and not say anything because, you know, they're, they're saying the wrong things or they're, you know, it's just, so I, I love it just cause I, you know, I'm kind of seeing it from a different perspective and, and I try to, to maintain a, you know, a pretty uh, honest approach. And my, I think my kids know that, you know, they, if they come home and, you know, if they want to complain about the, the refs or the coaching or their teammates or whatever, they, they're not going to get any sympathy from me because I know better. Um, you know, <laughs> whereas, whereas a lot of kids, you know, they probably go home and, um, you know, there's parents that are cutting down the coach or cutting down other kids on the team. And then, and, and I don't like that because I think, you know, as much as you think that it doesn't affect the team, it, it truly does because oh, yeah. then, you know, the next time the kid's out on the ice and, you know, something happens, you know, is that going to be in the back? Well, my, my dad was telling me this and I shouldn't pass to this kid because he isn't any good or, you know, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't listen to my coach because I don't know what he's talking about. And so I try to stay away from all that. And uh, I try to, you know, be a positive influence. And the biggest thing I tell my kids is, you know, go out and, and work as hard as you can and, do the best you can. And if you do that, you know, you're, you're going to get rewarded and, and things are going to, you know, they're going to happen for a reason and it'll, it'll all turn out in the end. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Being a hockey parent, that, that relationship between parent and, and hockey players. So, so cool. Just, um, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. If, if either of my daughters end up wanting to play, but I wanted to ask you, cause you mentioned him a little bit earlier and that's TJ Oshie. And when they won the cup a few years back and, and just that whole story with him and his dad and, and how amazing that was, um, how special of a kid is he? And, uh, is he, is he just a huge role model for the kids that are there in, in world right now? I know, I think he even has a clothing line that's like called warroad too so he, he he's got to have some pretty yep. good ties there still huh yeah and then it was great when when he won the cup he he brought it back to warroad for the day so we oh. had uh he brought it back and we had a huge uh ceremony at the rink and uh 
and it was just outstanding. You know, all of our youth players in high school, everybody, I mean, the, the place was packed and they, you know, all the teams got to take a picture with TJ with the cup. And, you know, I know there's, you know, you'd come to the rink and you'll see a ton of Oshi jerseys out on the ice for practice. And, uh, you know, it's just, he is, he's a huge role model for, for the kids here in Warroad. And, um, he, he actually, he played with my brother. So uh, he was a little bit, you know, he's younger than me, but my brother, you know, was there with them when they, when they won the state championships and, uh, my brother's still, you know, good friends with them to this day. And so I kind of, you know, got to see it a little bit through my brother's eyes. And, um, you know, it's just, you look at TJ, even now when he's playing in the NHL, he's, he's got a smile on his face and, you know, you see the videos where he's goofing around, uh, you know, in warmups or on the bench. And I mean, I think he just has such a, a passion for the game and, and has so much fun doing it that, I mean, it's a, it's a great, uh, you know, he's a great role model for the kids to show that, you know, you can play at a high level, but it's still a game and you can still have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, then another person that has a, a huge footing in, in world hockey too, is Gigi Marvin. And she yeah. is one of the top women's players probably in us history. And uh, she's done such a phenomenal job with, with women's hockey. And you have a daughter, like you said, that's a junior in, in high school right now. So talk to me a little bit about how Gigi has been a, a huge influence there. And uh, because again, small town, you got a guy like TJ Oshie, Brock Nelson, but you also have some great females that have came through there as well. Um, what's what's yeah. the female hockey landscape like there right now? Well, I think our our girls program is very strong. Um, you know, our, our high school program, uh, which Abby plays on now, they've been to the state tournament. Uh, I don't know how many years in a row um, they've they've taken second. The last two years, we're we're hoping to get over the hump, you know, and get that uh, championship. But uh, it's it's I think mean, I think Gigi's been a big part of that, just because she's inspired a lot of. Uh, you know, girls in our community to, to play hockey. And, you know, that's sometimes, especially with girls hockey, that's the biggest thing is you got to have numbers and you got to have the the passion um, behind it. And she, she had runs a hockey camp here um, every summer. So there's, you know, tons of girls that are skating in that and she'll come back uh, in the winter and, you know, at, around Christmas time or different times and she'll be out there skating with the girls. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's just like with, with TJ and Brock being a, a role model for the, the boys. I mean, she's, she's been that person for the girls in world as well. Unreal, man. That's so cool. I mean, when people can come back like alumni of the programs or alumni of teams, when you t- talk about like club or triple A teams too, it's just like when kids see people above them that have been in their shoes do the job and, and actually reach their dreams that they have had for a long time and, and want to get to. I just think that's so good for the soul. And I think that's so good. So the fact that, you know, TJ and Gigi, that they've done those things, but also they come back and it almost gives the kids, uh, I don't know if hope is the right word, but it gives, it's like, Hey, they've done it. Why can't I, it, do you think that that's a big part of being, them being a part of it? it- I, I think so. Yeah. And you know, the kids, I think they see that, that, Hey, I'm skating in the, the same spot that, that those people were and look at where they are now. And, you know, if I work hard and I put the time in at the rink, uh, you know, maybe one day I can be that person. And I, I got a funny story a, a few years ago, we, we were living, well, we live out at the golf course. So we're living in our of old course house. You do. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I wouldn't live anywhere else. Um, and Brock, uh, 
Nelson's mom actually lived across the street from us. And so I would see him when he would come back into town and he called me or he texted me and he said, cause we had a, a shooting area set up in our garage and he texted me and said, you know, you got the, you still got that net and stuff in your garage. And I said, yeah. I said, why? He goes, I want to come over and, and shoot some pucks. Wow. So I was like, absolutely. And so we're sitting inside and I told my son, I said, Hey, I said, you should go out in the garage. And he's like, well, why? <laughs> I, said, well, I said, I don't know. Let's go out there and see what's going on. And well, we walk out there and here we got a NHL player shooting pucks in our garage. And I mean, the, just the look on his face, just going, Holy crap. <laughs> you know? And I mean, that, that doesn't happen, uh, you know, in everywhere. I mean, it, that happens in places like world where, you know, and I know the one year, I think it was over the, the all-star break, uh, Brock came home and, you know, he's out skating with the squirt bees for practice. You know, it's just kids are going, geez, we've got an NHL out here for, for hockey practice, you know, and it's, it's great for the kids to see that. I mean, just to, to see the looks on their faces when they've got a, you know, a Brock Nelson or a TJ or a Gigi that it show up in world and, and do those things that it, it means a lot to, I mean, it, I, the kids think it's great, but I don't think they understand, you know, what it actually means. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome that we, we have that here. Dude, that is ridiculous. That is an unbelievable yeah. story. And I think that's the sixth time now that our listeners are planning and moving their kids to Warroad, Minnesota <laughs> <laughs> through this conversation, including myself. Uh, that's cool. Well, we've had you on here for quite some time, but I, I would be re- remiss if I didn't ask you. You got a quite a big tournament coming up uh, in here at the, at the beginning of March, and the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament is something that I think all kids growing up in Minnesota, that's, that's one of their big hopes and dreams is to be able to uh to be a part of that and and now not only be a part of that and play in front of the huge crowd but grow the hair out and be a part of that all mullet team or whatever they have going on every year um but if you can't just talk to us a little bit about what that means to to you guys in your town and and how how great of an experience the the high school hockey tournament is up there in minnesota it is. It's it's like nothing else. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, everyone you know, any hockey person knows about the Minnesota State uh, Hockey Tournament, and it's a, it's kind of a an institution at the beginning of March where you know people, no matter where they're living or what they're doing, they they have that weekend circled on their calendar. And uh, you know, it's I was fortunate enough where I I played in it, and uh, my brother played in it, and then we both uh, were able to win state championships. And uh, wow. you know, that's the as a coach, that's my goal every year um, is to, to make it to the state tournament. And I, I just, I, I, as a coach, I want that so much for my kids right now, just because I don't think they, they understand how big it is and what it means. And, um, you know, it's just an experience that you'll never forget the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't been there for, a number of years now and I think you know and this year we're we obviously have a very good team and obviously that's our goal to make there and you know I'd want nothing more for for those kids and then our you know even our community too to to make that step and to go down there and it's it's like nothing it's hard to explain because it's it's that special yeah yeah so would like basically every store in Warroad have a closed sign <laughs> on yeah, their doors yeah. if you guys made it <laughs> It was, it was kind of, I know when I was in high school, it was kind of the joke where it was, uh, the last person out of town turned the lights off and, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, 
you know, we're not the biggest town, but you know, every time Warwick makes it down there, we have a, a tremendous following and a tremendous support down there. Uh, not only from the people that, that still live in Warwick, but, uh, you know, all the, the people that grew up in Warwick that maybe, you know, live in the Twin Cities now or, or live in other parts of the state, they, they make it a, a point to, to get down there and support Warroad uh, when they do make it there. So cool. So cool. Well, we appreciate your time. I know it's a busy time for you guys getting ready for that state tournament. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time to come on here and, and talk to us. I think it's very cool to, to get your perspective on, on where you're from and, and how how unbelievable uh, the city of War Road is. And uh, you are an awesome teammate, awesome coach now. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. Make sure you tell uh, Sarah and your 93 kids that, uh, that I said hello. <laughs> I will definitely do that. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been great talking. All right. Good stuff, Hardo. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. All right.